Hi, I'm Robert, and this is second episode of the Rails Refactoring Podcast. Hi, Andre. Hi, I'm Andrzej Szyrda. Hi. And today we wanted to talk about Railsway, Rails DNA, and the history of our community. Are you ready, Andrzej? Yeah, sure. That, those are my favorite topics. Okay, um, let's start with uh, with the Railsway. I think it's it's something that I was really mm, talking a lot recently. Uh, I've had my talk at the Biavista Group User Group, and I, uh, I I was talking to many people at, about what the Railsway means to them, and I was trying to define it. Uh, so maybe before I start with my definitions, I, I, I'm also wondering what what are your thoughts on the railway, what it means for you, uh, how do you see the importance of it in our community? Well, I clearly don't have any like good definition of what railway is, just, just a feeling and I would say that railway is something that that is taught by the official books uh, regarding rails like the agile web development with rails that's like classic definition of railsway it's like things that they don't show there it's not railsway for me okay that's an interesting definition uh, so yeah i think the early books they they had they had a huge impact on how we we do how we work on rails projects especially the agile web development with rails uh, that was very important uh, uh, for me, the railway, mm, the definition of the railway, it changed over time. And I think at the beginning, when we started with you know, doing rails, for me it was 2004, uh, there was no such concept yet. Uh, I think it was born somewhere around 2007, 2008. And it was the combination of all of the things that we have in the rails framework itself, plus the additional things that people built around the rails core. So the most popular Ruby gems or, or Rails gems or Rails plugins as they were at the beginning. And the whole um, active record way of thinking with all the good sides and with all the bad sides. So I think that's, that's those things make the Rails way for me. And how you feel about Rails way right now after that many years? Uh, I think my opinion kind of stabilized over time. So uh, it's it's obviously it's it's cool to be either a, a huge fan or be totally against. Uh, but I think in this case there is uh, the railway has some place uh, for certain projects. While at some point I think the railway is, is simply bad for your projects. So I think. The railway is good for for um, for the less less experienced developers uh, because it's a very precise framework of thinking. It's not only a technical framework; it's also a framework of thinking, and it's much easier for the beginners, for the newbies in our community, to embrace this this way of thinking, this framework, uh, and start with that. So, and technically speaking, and from looking at the requirements. Uh, all of those smallish applications, they are usually are fine with the railway and mostly the CRUD-like applications. So all of those applications where you have a table with rows and columns. So more or less, it's basically bring the data from the database and put it on the web site and maybe add some email notifications and so on. 
however, at some point of time in the project, I define it somewhere in the second or third month of development, you need to be careful with the Rails way. It depends on the project, of course. Uh, so I think at the beginning, it might be good for for people to start with the Rails way rules. Uh, but then you need to really know what you're doing because otherwise you're risking to end up in a situation where your project is very hard to maintain. I'm not sure if I would put the border like like that way, like three or two months. Um it's like it's kind of kind of hard for me to think about it like that. Um I am I would be more inclined to say maybe you can even go one or two years with Railsway without uh, being much problematic, um, without taking too much technical depth. I think uh, to to validate your idea, but you need to be careful, like careful not to overdose active record based programming. And I mean, so now that we. Like you said, like for example, for less experienced developers, maybe junior developers, Railsway is good. But even like for everyone in Rails community, even if you don't always follow Railsway, I think you need to be really good at least knowing it and be like efficient at reading it because uh, sooner or later we are going to join a product which was like manage that way and build that way and you need to be able to read the code to modify and to know um, when, you, when you should keep it the right way because it's simple and when you should start um, actively going out from it like knowing that you know these things are getting too complicated not enough explicit and maybe the, the features no longer work together very well uh, because of very high coupling and you need to start doing active work to to have less rails magic and less railsway i think yeah so, so that, that, that those are good points uh, so let me actually try to precise uh definition of the railsway as i as i did it recently so basically it's uh, I see Railsway as, as scaffold-like controllers and views. Uh, not the same, not, it doesn't mean it was scaffolded, but it looks very similar. It's all resource-oriented. And then you have this thing that active record is everywhere. So you take the object from the database, it's, 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 make, it's, it's made an active record object, and then it goes through the controller and it goes to the view. So you have the same instance of the object everywhere. So by definition, the class will contain lots of logic from different layers of the applications. So it's like the active record everywhere. And then for those non-trivial uh, features that most of the applications have, you use a combination of callbacks, filters, state machine validations, and and those are things that for me are really about the, the Rails way. And then you have this, uh, this feature of many Rails applications that it's almost always a one monolithic application. You don't really see a separation into components, into modules. It's very, very rare because it's so difficult. And the last thing is the combination of what we usually call the Rails magic. And I think it's a combination of the, the following rules. Convention over configuration because then you try to hide certain things behind the conventions. 
uh, relying on metaprogramming, we, we can see a lot of it in, in Rails, like relying on something being a string and then we derive from the string to find the class somehow. And then uh, we have this rule, don't repeat yourself, which I think in our community was a bit taken too far. And sometimes sometimes it's okay to duplicate some content, concepts. Sometimes it's okay to have code duplication. Sometimes it's better to have code duplication that, than have code coupling, as you said before. Uh, so those things define the railway to me. And going back from those things make you make may help you uh, work on bigger Rails projects, I think. Yeah, that would be my feeling as well. But how do you think how do you think Rails uh, as a framework and Railsway as a way of coding applications um, play with like what you called uh, some time ago the rise of single page applications like whether done by I don't know Flux, Facebook, React.js, um, Angular, Ember, whatever. I mean, do you think like because we are teaching people like use to use active record from database to controllers to views like from top to bottom and I kind of feel like single page applications and are not that easy to to go in Rails way. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, so um, I think the, the the rise of the the single page applications uh, they're partially good for the architecture of Rails apps because they force us to separate the view layer to be a separate application now. So at least now we have uh, some part of the Rails being you know modularized. Uh, I, I am really sad when I see a single page application where it all relies on the same attributes and the same magic as it goes from the active record from the database to the controller through JSON and then the JSON is magically unpacked into the view models somewhere in some kind of JavaScript framework. So this makes me sad because then we don't really um, take advantage of, of the whole situation. So, uh, but I've seen many good uh, ways of separating uh, the single page applications from the rails and overall I think it's a it's a step into a good direction because you make a better isolation of things you can have and we we already have such product projects right you have you can have a different team working on the front end different team working on the back end I'm not saying this is always good but at least it's possible so if you if you want it you can have it while if you have a Rails application, it's not that easy to say, well, those people work on views and those people work on controllers and models. It's not as easy because the, the, the isolation is not so strict, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, so something that I'm missing in Railsway, like, is like what would be the, the Railsway of doing single page applications and what would be the other approaches like architectural, like Flux or um hexagonal js for doing the the front end um i think that's like at the time that rails became popular it wasn't that often um to have like full single page application we did have javascript and first it was rjs and then it was like jquery based all the time in between there was prototype but nothing gained so much traction to like 
to have the most usage part like the race way of doing things is like the most com common way in race community but we don't have like the any most popular option for doing it when you go with single page applications yeah that's that's that's, that's something very interesting here uh, so the state of the javascript applications how we're going to build them so at some point it was the backbone was you know the most popular framework and then we had uh, the rise of the ember js and then we've seen angular being extremely popular now angular gets some hate because of some decisions they made to to not to be compatible backwards compatible and now we have now we see it's very popular in our team right the the whole uh, react js approach which is nice because it's only about the views and you can still keep the architecture as you want but then you keep the architecture as you want and people are confused so how do we keep the architecture so this probably was your, what you're asking for uh, what what is the you know the js way what is the rails way here what are the rules we need to follow and people are lost people are confused because there, there are no rules to follow you're like, like like there's too much freedom and that's that's interesting for me because i was advocating the hexagonal js approach which basically is a set of rules but there's no code behind it we just said okay if you want to have a structured application you can have the the use case in the core and then you can have adapters around it so we followed the hexagonal architecture but we didn't really deliver any code to the people so we just said that there are some rules and uh, if i'm faced with a single page application nowadays this is still the approach i would like to take so i want to go with the hexagonal way because they help me understand what are the things those are um, use cases those are adapters uh, so I don't really need a real framework for it. It's just a framework of thinking. Uh, and I find it interesting that people try to jump from a framework to another framework, meaning the framework which gives you some code like Angular, Ember, uh, and even React with the, the Flux probably approach. So I find it interesting that people feel the need to use those kinds of frameworks. Yeah, but Flux is like two things. It's like the way of doing applications and then there are uh, various libraries helping you implement the flux way, the dispatchers and things like that. Um, okay, but we've been talking for 15 minutes about Raceway and I really wanted to talk a little bit more also about Rails DNA and what was the, the thing that brought you into Rails from whenever whatever you were before. Okay, so for me that was 2000, I remember it exactly. Uh, learning about the existence of Rails kind of changed my life. So I, I, I still remember those, those days. I was working, so I was mostly a Java developer, but exactly in October 2004, I was working on a .NET application, so ISP, ISP.NET. And I was working on a typical CRUD application. So when I found Rails, and I, f I think I found it through the blog of one of the pragmatic programmers, and I, I, I found it, I downloaded it, and then I started to play with it in the evenings, and I started implementing some simple applications, and I, and I felt in love immediately. So uh, it was great. The language was great. The whole, I, I really loved the, the, the fact that DHH as, the, as, as a, 
as the leader of the, we didn't know it would be a community in the future, but as a leader, he was very opinionated and his opinions, I, I liked his opinions at that point. I still agree with many opinions of DHH. Uh, so I, 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 re I really enjoyed working with Rails and I kind of, I, I immediately knew this was a thing and I knew that this will be something happening. So I was really, I felt lucky that I was part of this thing from the beginning and and I remember times to early 2005 when I was at a conference where DHH was speaking about Rails and no one knew DHH, no one knew Rails and people basically ignored him. So it was a chance for me to have like two hours and a beer with DHH uh, because he wasn't as, as a celebrity as, as he is right now. So it was so easy to learn, just to talk to him. And so that's, that was the beginning with Rails for me. And, and I'm still happy that I, I, I jumped into Rails. That was, and I'm still, uh, enjoying it. And yeah. so, what was your case? How did you start? Uh, I think I, I it was at the university. Uh, I was studying at that time and I read a book uh, that was about other languages that could uh, enter the scene after Java. So it was like, what else can we have instead of Java? And, and Ruby was one of the languages mentioned there, and I really like the syntax. I still love Ruby syntax every day. It likes it totally makes me happy. And 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 then I read about Rails, and I wanted to jump into it. And and I hit a wall. I I couldn't understand Rails. Like you know, you write in Active Record has many something, and I I couldn't understand how how is that working. And then, so so I had to like, like give give a break from Rails to actually learn Ruby good enough to to go back to Rails and be able to understand the code and to be able to enjoy it because you know you can you can keep using Rails like writing has many associations belongs to editor access or whatever and and you know it, it kind of works right but you kind of uh, start to enjoy it. You you see the beauty of it when you know that uh, under the hood, it's like evaluating the code. It's not compiling. It's 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 dynamically evaluating the code while loading the class definition. And there is whole meta programming under the hood, and and it like blows off your mind. It's like wow. It's, it's it's so cool. It's so nice, and and I fell in love with that. And the the strongest thing for me to come into Ruby was the promise of testing. That we value testing. We want things to be tested. And when we don't know how to test things, we don't feel comfortable with that. And we learn how to do it well. And I still not, I'm I'm not that good with like JavaScript testing, at least not as good as I'm with Ruby testing, with the frameworks, approaches, techniques and and just just being fluent with that. But even though um I, I keep writing JavaScript code or coffee code, I want to be good at testing it because that's that's part of my DNA. That's something that I wouldn't try it off for anything. And I don't know, maybe maybe TDD and other testing techniques were popular in some circles be before Ruby, before Rails. Maybe there were, but from how I perceive things, 
these things actually started to be popular after race. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it was a bit more complicated because, um, well, going back to the, the whole DNA of our community, when Rails started, we've had this situation that uh, that people from other technologies, from other communities, uh, they they switched to Rails, so they they started creating this new community, and it was all new. So we were, you know, many different early adopters of this technology, and people had to switch from something and I think the the fact from where you were at the beginning so I was for example coming from Java uh, I think it kind of defined the way I was thinking about Rails and some other people were were switching from PHP other people from .NET uh, from Microsoft Microsoft technologies uh, so I think we were trying to find different things uh, in in Rails and I think we we kind of were shaping the community as we we were doing our best, right, to, to see it. So I think Ruby was about the elegant language. It was about, uh, I think the agile movement was also very connected to the, to the Ruby and Rails community as well from the beginning. So many um, agile Java people switched to, uh, switched to Rails very early. Uh, so TDD was also part of that. And I think TDD and testing was, was also part of our community. And I think if there is one thing that was really keeping the Rails community together, it was testing. Uh, so I agree with you that I think many, pe many people were brought to Ruby because of testing, because of the way the community embraced testing. It's, it's, I think many different things were, were happening in our community over the last 10 years, but uh, the importance of testing was never really, um, I don't know, damaged or, or trying to be no, no one really said it, it's not important even the the last drama about tdd being dead or not dead it was about tdd whether you should write your test first and so on uh, so it, it wasn't about test not being important so the importance of test was always the our dna here yeah and like i have a funny story because uh and one of our projects um I started to using Rails 3 before it was actually really stable. And at that time, Aaron Patterson had a rule that if you find a regression in the beta version, unreleased version of, of new Rails that they wanted to release, uh, you could veto the process. And, and I did it like once or twice. And I felt really bad because I was like, you know, stopping the release of the product. But in the end, it felt really powerful that if I found a bug, like a regression that wasn't in previous version and it's now, and if I could prove it, then someone could actually make a, a test case for that, that race was missing. So they are never going to break it again. And, and then, you know, delay these things a little bit to get back that I experiencing in my application fixed before the, the new release. And I must say, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, we can also cover what we don't like about DNA. Uh, yeah, because uh, there is one thing that was always irritating me for, for all the years and that was that was the fact that the, the part of creating the Rails community was, as I, as I said, people switching from other technologies. And 
there was this kind of um, Java hate from the beginning. Uh, I think it was partially because the way DHH framed the whole story, how, it, how he started with Rails. So he tried Java, it was too generic, and you know he, he mentioned something about the architecture astronauts, I think. And then he tried PHP, but that was very unstructured. So he kind of framed where we are as a community. So we are somewhere between Java and PHP. So we are not as generic as Java, but we are more structured than PHP. And at some point it turned, it turned into, you know, bashing Java for anything without any really rational reasons. And that was something I really, mm, I disliked for, for, like for always, because whenever you try to, to bring up some, bring up some new interesting ideas to the Rails applications, like some maybe DDD influenced techniques and so on, people were saying like, oh no, no, this sounds like Java. I don't want it here. And it's still, it was always like part of the Rails community. It's still there. And I still kind of disagree with this approach. So I can't really do anything about that, but it's just, it's, it keeps irritating me that this, that, that this is part of, what, of who we are and where we are. I can totally feel uh, the pain. I think that um, people need to like pay attention and learn to whether you want to use something as part of big application, uh, a complicated project or something simple. You are not gonna use thousand complicated techniques for simple things. So raise, embrace the simplicity of simple things. But at the same time, maybe it, it forgot to embrace that you need uh, a bit of more complicated stuff for the more complicated cases, more complicated applications. Like it's, it's good that, I like to say that it's good that simple things are simple, but I also want hard things to be possible. Yeah, that's, that's very, you put it very nicely here. Um, so uh, yeah, Rails really deals very well with all the simple things. Uh, so Rails keeps all the, all the, the simple things simple. Uh, well, I, I think that at some point the Rails way, as we, as we, as we said before, is, is kind of limiting to us. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit sad that we, as a community, we missed, we totally missed the whole DGD uh, movement. So it happened in the Java community, it happened in the .NET community. They are very heavily influenced by that, by those techniques. Uh, and we don't really see, well, we didn't see it really that much in the Rails community. And those are the techniques that you may be able to gradually to switch from your Rails way in some parts of the application. So it's very pos easily possible to mix the Rails way with those DDD techniques. And I think we, we're starting to see it. So in the first episode, we were talking about those gems for service objects and whether you need them or not. And so the service objects start to appear as a thing. And right now I feel like many people do it. And then we have those, uh, I don't know, form objects and presenter presenters. And uh, I still don't see that often the, the, uh, the repository pattern. Uh, but I, I think something is happening here, and I'm uh, I'm happy that I'm I can also be part of this. You know, uh, someone who can help bring some more tech interesting techniques to the Rails community by writing the book, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, writing the book and by being at conferences about that. 
So, so the book, for those of you who don't know about it, uh, we are, well, you, are, you also wrote some chapters, Robert, thank you for your help. Uh, it's, it's a book about uh, improving your race controllers, but in fact, it's about introducing it in many um, DDD-influenced techniques to your Rails applications step-by-step step, in a very safe way, uh, in a very precise, uh, with using very precise algorithms with many different edge cases and warnings being described. So. Yeah, so this this is what what we were working working on for almost a year now, right? So it took us a while. I'm really happy that we are shipping next week, and the one zero release it's it's going to be available on Monday. Uh, so that's great. But the book is just part of the story. It's, it's it's more about also showing by example. So we introduced those techniques in many different projects, and we shared those techniques on our blog posts, and we we talked to many people about that. And, and we are not the only ones that are many people who, who do the same. Like, I'm really happy with what Apotonic does uh, with his um, Trailblazer gem. I'm really happy what we were all involved in the Wroclaw RB conference and how many interesting ideas came from the, from this conference, right? From the, from the first three editions so far. And the fourth editions also seems, I think would be, would be great as well. So, in many ways, many people, you know, put some value into uh, enriching our race applications, and I think that's that's great. And Apotonic of the Trailblazer GAM is going to be speaking at the conference, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have Apotonic speaking at the conference this year. We have uh, Luca from from Lotus. Uh, which is another interesting framework from a good alternative to Rails. So we have, we'll have both of them speaking at the conference. We'll have some new speakers to announce very soon. So this will be another very good conference, I believe, uh, where we can introduce some new ideas and we can help with big Rails applications in an easier way. Okay, but going to Rails for a moment, I, I remember that um, it was told at some point that Rails was like um, optimized for creating applications uh, that display a document-like structure, like the thing that you see is about a document. And like you remember that? And I think uh, what people are trying to do now with Rails, I mean, it's happening all the time, but over time, the the applications get more and more and more complicated. It's like at the beginning it was these document based applications and now it's like completely read applications, single page applications, very complicated flows, uh, very complicated editors, complicated use cases. And I think maybe that might be the reason why we why we might need to go a little beyond uh, the classic raceway into at least few other techniques uh, to be able to handle that switch better into better, more complicated, bigger race applications that wasn't there at the beginning. Yeah, so I think that the whole document metaphor was very unfortunate and for Small applications, yes, those are documents on the website. But uh, I never really felt 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 comfortable with with the whole document metaphor. So as programmers, we are modeling some part of the real world, usually some kind of business processes. 
And business processes, yes, they are a bit about documents, but not in a documents meaning, meaning websites. They're about business processes being modeled in a way where you have to switch from one state to another state. You have different, many different roles of people being involved. And I'm not talking only about the enterprise like software or, or applications, but you know, basically every application is in a way modeling something very, um, uh, you know, non, non-trivial. So I don't know, look at Facebook. It's, it's not really very trivial, right? It's not about documents for me. It's about people interacting with each other. There are different states of different conversations and whichever applications you, you take, uh, it's, it's really not, not a document. So I, I, I'm not, I'm, I was never happy with the whole document metaphor. And I think that was partially, uh, the reason why we kind of, we are limited with some of the techniques right now because we, we, or maybe, I don't know, DHH was believing that this is all about documents. I think turbolinks is one result of, you know, looking at this at, as a document. So everything in the document, turbolinks is a great example where it all went, for me, it all went wrong, totally wrong. Yeah. And one of the things that, that differentiates like documents and long running processes is I think how you perceive, how you think, how you said, the, the attributes in documents, you just set attributes and in long running processes, uh, you make like state changes, uh, which you want to have very explicit. You handle business events. It's kind of different, different world. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, my, my role at our company is often with their raise applications and they want us to help finish those applications and you know the number of times i saw this situation that they they are coming to me and they say uh you know we have this this race application our team did that and i look at the code and i see the railway obviously and then they say you know this is like 95 percent finished so please could you just help us and finish it and it's always the same pattern and i see at the code and i see at the bugs that are need to be fixed or the features missing and those are always the things that are using the, the non-trivial the non-trivial ones so like the long living processes and man- maintaining the, the state and it's always like for them it's like five percent of the application is missing and for me it's like dude you have like no application yet <laughs> there is like 50 percent maybe you just did the views and there is the whole logic is not implemented yet so sorry this this will take some time okay i think we are running a little bit out of our usual time so it's time to finish this conversation um yeah i think it was a good good talking to you and i'm totally sure that we are gonna talk about Rave's way and the DNA of of our framework, of our culture, more in future episodes. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Thank you for, for, for talking to me. Bye, Andre. Bye.